0: Oh, that it won't all right. Huh?
1: Welcome back to Death Watch's Call of Cthulhu campaign Descent into Darkness. This is the second episode of our third season. My name is Travis, and I'll be your keeper tonight. Uh, Let's get an introduction from our investigators.
2: Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Detective Jack Glover, a uh, fairly big but mild mannered uh, man who's been a police detective for numerous years. And uh, he's been, uh, he accepted a request from. Logan Terry, to uh, help out some of his friends, quote-unquote. And that's what I'm doing here.
3: I'm Brandon playing Dr. Wallace Andrews, a medical doctor who's now taking steps into the deeper end of occult and uh, supernatural. And I'm helping to banish some summoned being that haunts a property that uh, we have inherited from Meriwether.
4: I am Lance Monroe, uh, a museum curator of the occult that everybody absolutely loves. Mm -hmm. Nobody has any Mm -hmm. problems with whatsoever. Um, He is looking to add to his collection of occult
5: belongings and dig
4: deeper. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!
5: (laughs) Dig deeper into the lore. And I'm John playing James Whitmire. Uh, former smuggler, current private investigator, and, uh, all-around swell guy.
1: (laughs) Alright, so the world is a dark and meaningless place. Or so it must seem to you, Mr. Whitmire. Your mouth tastes like the underside of Texas roadkill. Your body feels like it must have been used as God's personal sieve and your eyes ache well enough that looking too far to the right or left, up or down, causes like a jab of pain to lance into the center of your head. Even thinking about that cursed lobster roll you bought yesterday causes your stomach to clench in on itself like a tight fist. You had intended on making your way home yesterday, but the emerging situation became so immediate that you found yourself at the nearest sanctuary, which was the offices of A&W Private Investigators. Once there, you became captive in the small facilities. However, now that morning's come around, it appears the worst of your affliction has run its course, leaving you but a shell of a man. (laughs) Can you make a constitution roll for me? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Hardy inhales. (laughs) Nice. Push it. You're like 27 or something, push, right, aren't you? Push the <laughs> success. I could <can> do better. <laughs> uh, 26. 26, yeah. So it's just all, all the illnesses and hangovers, they just wash away by the, the time the sun comes up again. So you find yourself feeling pretty good comparatively.
2: Maybe not craving lobster rolls, though.
1: <laughs> But in any case, as you're gathering your wits, the front door of the office with its fogged glass and stenciled letters opens and in walks your partner, Dr. Andrews, with the bright, colorful Mr. Monroe behind him. What are you I'll, guys uh, talking about when you walk in? <laughs> I'll uh, you know, run my
5: run my fingers through my hair and try and make it as presentable as I can. Uh, straighten your yeah, collar. Try and straighten <laughs> my collar, yeah. And my okay. You know, try and uh, brush out any wrinkles in the jacket that uh, I'm hoping they don't, that uh, at least Dr. Andrews doesn't notice is the same one was wearing when I left yesterday.
2: You. Mm. Give your teeth a quick brush with your finger in the sink or something.
5: Yep. Just, uh, rinse it out and uh, head out and put on. <laughs> the the best, Whitmire the best face lie that I can pretty much of, uh, <laughs> oh, you guys you're finally here <laughs> so, uh, good
1: morning, Dr. Hinge. but in your memory echoes the warning from Dr. Andrew's yesterday when you bought the lobster roll from the cursed <laughs> street side vendor hey, don't eat those things <laughs> <laughs> we're a little
0: too far away from the ocean yeah <laughs>
5: and uh and you brought uh lance with you is uh, is there a a new case for Definitely. us to take
3: mm-hmm. uh yes, as a matter of fact, and then I'll fill him in uh on on what's taken place at the reading of Meriwether's will and we've been um uh, we've inherited some property, but as it turns out something haunts it that we need to find a way to banish something murderous, dark.
5: So while he's, uh, explaining that, it'll just, my face will start to slacken. You see the, <laughs> the uncounted <laughs> horrors <laughs> <laughs> passing before my eyes. As, yeah, uh, nah. But by the end, it's, uh, yeah, some, some property. is uh, <laughs> you know, who doesn't buy possessed property these days, right? Mm-hmm. And give him a, uh a, a some finger guns. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this should be a good one. This one was given to us by Meriwether himself.
2: <laughs> Monroe says with an odd gleam in his
1: eyes.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the the past horrors of Peru start to pop up at the name of, or mention of Meriwether's name. Oh no
2: joyfully hunting uh <laughs> possessed children
5: <laughs> yep as uh well yeah so when is um, the reading no you happened. missed it yeah oh, it already, oh
3: yeah and i'll i'll show them the stuff that you know there yeah. was a uh, a deed to the land and uh a journal another uh ancient anglo-saxon book uh, and then the you know little Wooden chest with the, uh, hier- the, yeah. yeah, it was like a little sarcophagus with hieroglyphics on it. I yeah. also wanted to let you know, just just so you're aware, but Whitmire's, or I mean, uh, Meriwether's son was none too pleased yeah. about the, the way the will reading went, and I think he'll be giving us some trouble at some point. So well, be on the lookout for that.
5: Yeah, when, uh, when your father gives everything to, bunch of people you don't know, I and mean, I don't imagine that you're going to be very pleased at it, but no, he so has we'll the deal with him as he comes.
3: Yeah, he definitely strikes me as a boy who's not used to not getting his way.
1: All right, Dr. Andrews, let me to give you awesome. cover some dirt on him. Damn. Classic Whitmire thinking, <laughs> I like it. Uh, to give you some context for the last couple of months, um, since your encounter with the dimensional lurker that wounded you... And Your encounter with the secret population of snake folk and their dark designs with mankind your grasp on reality got a little shaky <laughs> So since June since the end of that investigation you think you've mostly sorted it out by reconnecting with your Catholic faith however even now if you concentrate you can see those little ghostly gossamer lines that surround everything and you know you've come to associate with time So you have, in the last couple of months, this is something else you did with your investigator development phase, was experimented with a kind of manipulation of these ghostly strands and have learned, quite by accident, that you can nudge them at will. Uh, One day you were going about the business of organizing your personal effects, you know, maybe you moved into a new apartment or something, and on most occasions you think nothing of, of such mundane tasks, but occasionally the routine can chafe. One out of every ten times, I say. And on that most routine of days, you gave these gossamer webs a flick, like out of frustration with your mangled hand. Uh, Time seemed to slow, and what normally might take you the better part of the morning was done in, you know, less than an hour. It would have been a neat trick if you did not then become also aware of some other place. Mm -hmm. It was a sensation similar to looking at a photograph of a place with which you are intimately familiar where the two-dimensional image conveys a greater three-dimensional depth, and sometimes even higher dimensions are recalled if it brings back nostalgic memory, right? But this new sensation seems to hint at behinds and beyonds and beneaths and arounds that don't quite coalesce into something you can define, Mm. right? Nevertheless, you're left with a deep sense of disquiet, like an awareness of an open door in a dark room. Uh, Furthermore, after your unique experience, you know, where you did everything, where time was slowed, your entire body was sore, almost like you'd worked out strenuously. And uh, you also broke out in a a terrible sweat when things seemed to come back to reality. Mm -hmm. And being a doctor, you measured your body temperature at 101.6 Fahrenheit. The heat... Dissipated in due course, although the soreness lingered for the next couple of days. So um, I believe if you look at your character sheet, since you decided to uh, research that spell, you should have a spell in your character sheet called Manipulate the Strands of Time, and that gives you some of the rules for how it works.
3: Ah, I see. Okay.
1: But yeah, so that's kind of in the back of your head while you're talking with Whitmire there, you can can see them, you know, if you focus on them, they really pop out to you. You're, you're aware if you're distracted of them, but if you're focused on something else, then it will kind of fade to the background. Okay. But that's the sense that you get. But, um, despite his successful constitution role, he does look dehydrated in your opinion. Okay. So if you wish you could do some doctoring and, and throw out a medicine role. However, dehydration is not as well understood. In the 20s as it is now, so it will be a hard medicine roll.
2: Needs himself some alcohol. Mm-hmm. Maybe some coffee.
5: And some hair of the dog. That's what all doctors recommend. And a pack of Lucky Strikes. Yep. Blended, uh, blended lobster well, roll.
3: You look fine to me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's how 1920s uh, males all look. Okay.
3: Yeah, you just need um, some fresh air.
2: Mm-hmm. Walk around a bit.
3: Yeah. And uh, try to stay away from any fluids for the next twenty four hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> a little cocaine gets you feeling right.
5: Um, I think oh. I'm gonna ignore your d- advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you know uh, a. Uh... Uh, old family remedy for I don't
5: know what the hell that was. No, about.
1: that's that's literally what it would be because uh, th- this would be knowledge that isn't in like literature yet, but some groups would have it, and it's basically just a sugary, salty drink, you know, Gatorade to treat dehydration. It's just not known that, yeah. that you need that particular combination.
2: Yeah, like so. it was a weird taste your grandpa had or something yeah. where he'd mix just water, sugar, and salt or something.
1: Yeah. But it's basically been your hangover cure for. As long as you've been drinking, so from like eight on, you've had this uh, (laughs) (laughs)
5: Gatorade cure. Well, when you work in the bootlegging business, as long Mm. as I did, I'm sure that you pick up some Mm. pretty weird advice, and this one just happened to stick. Yeah, I seem to remember watered down vinegar being uh yeah old
4: hangover cure.
1: It might. There were a few of them. It's like the absorption, uh, the glucose puts water in like it absorbs mm. it in your gut right so it kind of yeah. stays there a little bit
2: yeah. yeah like there's probably other stuff that's added to it yeah. as well right there's probably like some like something <laughs> spicy maybe a raw <laughs> egg is tossed in or something like that but yeah. the basic gist so of it like is water
1: raw egg, salt <laughs> sugar yeah what do you call it whitmeyer
5: um <laughs> i the mean it, it'd probably be yeah is uh Oh, like, tonic.
1: Ah, I like that—the Miskatonic <laughs> tonic. <laughs> there you go. Okay. okay, so I think at this point the plan was to meet with Detective Glover at the ever-present Olafordis. Is that mm-hmm. the name of the place? Yeah. We yeah. could just change it each time. Uh, yeah. uh,
2: well, as each time he nudges a, right.
1: <laughs> a thread, we can change it. You're in a different world, yeah. Um, so yeah, you were to get Whitmire and then and then go on to meet with Glover. Uh, to figure out what you guys were going to do for the day, which we had some preliminary ideas, but let's rewind time a little bit and go to the beginning of the day. We'll bounce over to Detective Jack Glover, uh, where he owns a modest house with your wife, I take it, in South Boston. Any children?
2: Uh, Probably. They might be... Grown or... Yeah, probably. Okay. And And that's if we're even... Because in true Columbo fashion, I I think the wife should always remain off yeah so she's out that morning yeah she, she's uh got something to do with her friends or something early in the morning
1: all right so can you paint us a picture of, of glover's morning
2: all right uh i think uh because he's having to fend for himself he's uh in his tank top and boxers smoking on his cigar and uh in between puffs he'll occasionally set that down in an ashtray and he's like eating from essentially like uh Oats, right? (laughs) Like uh, that, he's cooked on a stove. He's like eating right out of the pan. (laughs) 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 He probably has socks on,
1: (laughs) of course. Sign of a true detective. Yeah, it's during this, you know, when you've gone about halfway through your ration of oats, that you have a solid knock at your front door.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, put the oats down, put the cigar in my mouth, and I'll just a minute, I'll be right right with you. And I'll uh, throw on some trousers. And I'll walk over to the door while I'm pulling up the suspenders. Gotcha. Open it.
1: I picture it perfectly. So the person calling this morning turns out to be Sergeant Logan Terry, looking sharp in his uniform. He's a barrel-chested fellow with a ruddy complexion, although he's appearing a bit flustered this morning. But he's like, ah, Glover, sorry I couldn't get back to you yesterday. The recruits, I'm neck deep in them. I gotta get it sorted out before the whole damn city burns down. Ah,
2: I understand. I know how it is. What is it? Is this end of summer?
1: Yeah, August 18th. <laughs> yep.
2: End of or summer I always starts getting crazy.
1: You're telling me. Um, I'll yeah, you're... invite him in for sure. Oh yeah, he comes in. I only got a few minutes to spare, to spare but uh, I wanted to get back to you about your question I got via telegram about the boys I got you involved with. Well... I can say they're solid enough. I mean, they're part of the same fraternal organization that I am, and they don't generally let in, you know, yahoos, as far as I, I'm aware. But uh, <laughs> yeah, That's right. <laughs> Monroe, he's a bit like nails on chalkboard on first <laughs> impression. I get that. But don't let the apparent buffoonery fool you. I think there's more to him than I anticipated. Uh, Dr. Andrews, I could say he's solid. Yeah, he and I had an understanding from the get. Uh, Monroe, we came about a little bit later. Mm. Uh, the one I'm not too sure about is Whitmire. I don't know if you know, but...
2: I heard stories from, uh, <laughs> oh, what's, it? from Davey over in, uh, uh, what is it, like the bootlegging section? <laughs> I don't know the damn term that we'd use back right. then.
1: I think, yeah. That said, I don't think he's working in Boston, at least not the old gig. He's doing something else if he is. And they, all three of them helped me out with a problem a while back. But one thing I can say... As whatever those boys are involved in ain't going to be like sticking your fingers in grandmother's apple pie. <laughs> well, come on, it's insane. Yeah,
2: <laughs> listen, Logan. I, I got nothing but respect for you. I mean, we came up together, but I think your read on this, these people are kind of off. Uh, sure, Monroe's the loud, annoying uh, Nancy here, but uh. I, that doctor, I think, is more off than all of them combined, probably. He looked me dead in the eye and with a straight face started asking if I believe in or stating that he believes in ghosts and supernatural here, <laughs> you know, that we have a potential tie in to a murder that's over 40 years old now. It's been a cold case out in New York, so I've I've got some people looking into that, but uh, your boy Rupert wasn't above the level either <laughs> here. Uh, I... I think they're all, I think they're all a little bit off their, their kilter here. <laughs> a little.
1: Well, if you find something, then we got to pursue the full extent of the law. I just you, want to, You let me be the first to know.
2: I plan on it. I Like I said, uh, we got this murder out of New York. Very cruel. Kind of like the stuff that's been popping up lately around here. <laughs> uh, looked like a ritualistic killing. I got a photo, uh, a photo coming in of it. mm uh, from the crime scene but apparently some guy had his organs removed with uh, someone's hand tongue ripped out and uh, satanic symbolisms carved into him so I, I got that arriving I might even just skip town and go pick it up personally at whatever post office is between us and there
0: hmm.
1: whereabouts did that happen in New York um, did it say
2: I believe it did because it made papers he uh, was murdered in New York
1: uh, say by the hudson river
2: yeah he, well the body was found on the banks of the hudson but they don't think that was the place it happened right none mm-hmm. of blood
1: mm-hmm. yeah like it was moved but dumped in the hudson but for uh for logan terry he's just like mm, immigrants you're gonna have all these weird types of murders when you're dealing with those sorts i forget
2: so. how much did i know of like a chain like of the 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 other people that had been dying
1: oh here and yeah because i don't know if they are like
2: read the parts out not yeah, not I boston mean, but like from the summoning
1: well let's uh let's do some backstory for you let's start from the position that they split up their detective work kind of like how modern policing does where you're you pick like one type of thing that yeah, you work right. on what would be glover's Deal. oh he's homicide homicide yeah so you definitely would have been aware of escapes your uh mueller's enemy <laughs> charlie murphy's uncle oh um the name's not coming Dooley. To... Dooley, yeah mr mm. Dooley. how oh, could i forget yeah it just was not in your precinct so you didn't do the yeah. investigation yourself but you of course read it because mm. you make a point to know what no is...
2: i was referring to Rupert Merriweather's journal that was read off where he was going through a list of oh
1: that people that died yeah, yeah. that
2: were associated with the summoning so yeah. like because I'm going on the assumption that this that all this uh, Ooga Booga ghost and goblins type yeah. stuff is pure fiction Comes and that
1: back to the oldest story in the book and it Cain all and Abel.
2: yeah and it's all pointing to Rupert Merriweather <laughs> actually only living survivor up until uh, a couple months back
1: <laughs> yeah well, none of the names that were at the end of the journal have been tied to any murders that uh, that you have any knowledge about, apart no. from the one you just recently got. Okay. So, and there have been murders that bear similarities.
2: So then I'll just be going. That's with that that there's maybe something bigger going on yeah. than. Yeah, so I think there's something bigger, possibly tied together. You know, I think we might have a satanic cult operating.
1: These <laughs> people need to go to church.
2: And apparently they have enough reach to where uh, going out of state... I mean, New York ain't too far away, but going out of state ain't safe. And they've apparently been operating for at least 40 years.
1: Well, if you find something good on these guys, that's going to help you out with your problem. But, remember, you're supposed to be on suspension. If your name comes up in any logs or you go through the official channels, that's not going to help you at all.
2: I know, I know. And it was all friends of a friend type of thing, so... I think I should be good there, hopefully.
1: Well, need anything else? I got ah. a boatload of new guys to get all sorted out.
2: Nah, oh, sorry for bugging you. I just wanted to keep you on the up and up. I got some oats if you haven't had breakfast yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, he takes a
3: spoonful. Of <laughs> spoon <laughs> for put them in his, his pocket. pocket. <laughs> I'll eat that later.
1: That's what they did in 1920. A guy would carry a boiled egg and a pinch of salt in his pocket mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense it's oh, still in the shell you
2: just crack it it's all good it's self-contained
1: <laughs> all right uh all right so yeah that that wraps up your um interviewing Logan terra and he departs to wherever wherever which means you are to get ready and meet the uh the suspects yeah at olafferty's <laughs> for yeah breakfast. i'll
2: uh, get dressed dressed how i usually do my my kind of oversized trench coat and you know decent suit but not Anything that'd be considered formal in this era, just passing. Okay. And, uh, I'll head on down there. I kind of want to maybe not stake it out, but st- not just go right in. Mm-hmm. Wait for them to show up, see who they show up with. If they do anything weird, or
1: yeah, okay. For the other three of you, is there anything you wanted to do in between being at the office and going to or And then, how are you getting there? My assumption would be Whitmires. Old, reliable vehicle.
3: Yeah, that'll work.
4: If I remember right, Olafferty's wasn't too far from my museum. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to stop by and uh, torment the uh, bookseller of Orion's Mm. (laughs) for some Egyptian
5: (laughs) (laughs) resources. Hieroglyphic resources. I see the gear is healing nicely. Get the ingredients for my Miskatonic tonic. Okay.
1: Miskatonic tonic. Here's all else. Anyhow,
4: yeah, just try and pop in and and see if he has anything on Egyptian hieroglyphics.
1: Okay, so you get in in uh, Merriweather's or sorry, <laughs> Whitmire's car, and you uh, you're like, can we make a stop over here? And and he's like, oh, that's cool. I gotta hit the corner store and get some things.
4: Well, I figured I shouldn't need a, a car ride there because I I live. Yeah, if you above want to walk my, yeah, I can, can just walk down.
1: All right. Well, in your case, when you go into Orion's which he has just opened, probably his first customer. There's this phenomena that occurs that you have not yet gotten tired of where you don't think you've ever seen somebody go so white. (laughs) 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 As when you walk in and Lamar, you know, the the things that he was holding fall from suddenly (laughs) nerveless fingers. (laughs) He goes sheet white and he's like, "Uh, Monroe, what are you doing here? Oh my good friend,
4: I just came to uh, get some reference materials. I know that uh, this is the kind of thing that you might have in your in your collection. We might need uh, a medium at the
0: house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, uh, I, w- I
4: was I uh, was given some uh, artifacts to try to translate some Egyptian hieroglyphics on, and I was hoping you might have some reference material that I I may not have myself.
1: Okay, when you lay it out and it and that sounds relatively mundane, at least by occultists standards, yeah. There's he exhales a big sigh of relief, and he's like, oh, well, right, uh, Egyptian, y- yes, come over here, and he kind of points you out to the section of his store that is uh, for that sort of stuff. So he does have books on Egyptian hieroglyphs. He also has, you know, sort of cheap knockoff mm. artifacts that replicate some of the things that Egyptian used in ceremonies, or their symbols, also carved figurines of, you know, different Egyptian gods and whatnot. Okay.
4: Yeah. While we're looking through the Egyptian hieroglyphic books, I'll I'll ask him if he's heard anything on Jinns and how to trap them.
1: Oh, uh, he suddenly gets alarmed again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but go ahead and make me an occult roll for your guy. All right, occult. Oh, wrong tab. And we'll see how he does. Normal.
4: Nice. Okay. Uh yeah. Would have been the first one. I don't know why it rolled twice.
1: And you and your fingers are in fantasy grounds mode, maybe? Mm.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> and I Yeah, I probably tapped it a second time because when the little pop up yeah. thing comes up. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, yeah, he uh, also passed his occult role. And you get uh, deep into a discussion where you're kind of filling each other's gaps in, right? You know, like you can kind of take off, take up where he leaves off. But the gist is a Jin is like an ancient Arab entity it's like pre-islamic and islam itself in the quran uh there would have been three rational beings created by god right uh angels created from like fire uh humans created from clay and the jinn created from smoke or air right mm-hmm. and in that context in both those contexts are not inherently an evil entity mm-hmm. however you know from like a thousand and one arabian nights and what have you that it has been bound up in this sort of bargain thing right you know yeah. like it either grants wishes or it's like uh, you give me something and it's going to cost you your soul monkey's paw mm-hmm. type yeah. thing yeah, yeah. they in the islamic faith they're not like a, a free agent like humans are right so they serve some purpose under god and one of the things that has spoken about is that they actually seek to prolong their life uh here on earth by starting families with other humans and what have you it's an interesting detail that most people don't know about the jin and of course you guys flesh out the different categories like you have the ifrit and you know you have a few different types that are that are have a tendency to be more evil in the literature that you're aware of than others you know so that's kind of where you the you just have a gin, you don't know what kind of type he's referring yeah. to, if that even matters in this case, knowing Murray weather there's likely to be something of course <laughs> yeah. that will change. But you could say between the two of you the common theme is that they're a powerful entity that does kind of deal in these granting of power and that's where you guys end up after, you know, twenty, thirty minutes of conversation.
0: Okay,
4: yeah. If he has any books on it, I'll I'll purchase those on along with the any of the ones that have actual Egyptian hieroglyphics and stuff like that for for references.
1: What's your uh, cash limit? Your spending limit for a day?
4: Cash limit that's in possessions, right? Yeah. Cash is four seventy eight. Spending level is ten dollars.
1: So you can buy one or the other of those topics. And not have to deduct it from your cash. But if you go for both, you'll have to deduct $5 from your cash.
4: Okay. Yeah, I'll deduct 5 from my cash and take both so that we have them for reference in breakfast.
1: So his guard kind of dropped a little bit when you guys were in the nuts and bolts of a, a deep occult conversation. Which, but That's how we hook him. <laughs> Every time. But yeah, he does. He's like bagging it up and you can see the question appear in his mind on his face <laughs> that struggled not to ask the question he's <laughs> like oh i hesitate to ask mr monroe what uh, have you gotten involved in this time
4: <laughs> to be quite honest i'm not entirely sure myself uh powerful medium such as yourself would be greatly <laughs> appreciated <laughs> um yes yeah, so we've uh, been kind of handed a a case where uh someone believes that they summoned a djinn Uh, many years ago that that caused several murders that uh, we are currently looking, investigating whether or not it's still around, and if possible, how we may be able to either bind it or stop it from continuing to wreak havoc. Hmm.
1: I don't know what to say to that, but I am not surprised (laughs) (laughs) at what you have just told me.
4: Hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, if you would like to join us on this, and I'm, you know... No. Your knowledge would be more than welcome, nope. even if it was just a matter of nope. you know consulting. <laughs> Roll persuasion.
1: <laughs> now I have, I have some big clients coming in the next couple of weeks. I just couldn't possibly get away. Did you want to try to persuade them? Um. Yeah, we'll we'll toss out a persuade, not yeah, necessarily we'll to go have for him hard this time, hard not necessarily
4: to have him join us, but to be available, be to available to for, for yeah, Maybe yeah to, just also
2: drop the address casually. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Um. But yeah, more more like have him set out feelers and and All see right. if he can get any information. Wait. Oh, I didn't do that. Yep, I'm still double tapping. There we go. I'm like, this is a, this seems like it's something entirely up your alley, sir. And you know, I'm not asking you to actually participate in any of the rituals or anything along those natures. But if you could do you us a a, a, a really good favor <laughs> and help us just. Keep an ear out for any source material Any books that might help us on the subject We greatly appreciate it And um, I'll I'll leave him An extra few dollars
1: (laughs) Well yes I I suppose I could help uh, When I can In in the way I can And not one little bit more I don't (laughs) uh, I want to see the gin But that's that's his agreement basically
4: (laughs) 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 <laughs> of course, of course. Involved. I never, never intended to uh, to use you in any ill ill manner. But uh, given your your interests, I thought that maybe just a little bit of the, of understanding could go between us, and that if you happen to ha- come across anything in the circles that you deal with that uh, could assist us, then uh, we greatly appreciate it. it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm at your service.
2: We definitely don't want you to head out to the
4: abandoned
1: <laughs> farmhouse. <laughs> Uh, all right uh did, did you want to leave him with any uh any thread that he should look into or just a general uh
4: um for now until we get a little bit more okay uh knowledge just have him kind of feel out for um rituals on sealing or yeah or anything like that um any particulars around um malicious gin Weakness. activities yeah right. things things <clears throat> of
2: those nature ways to ward against them like protection type stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right so lance leaves orion's with the eastern sounding door chime ringing in your ears oh. and that sense of satisfaction that you can only get from pulling the innocent into the blasphemous <laughs> what darkness <laughs> what does uh
2: what is uh after lance leaves was his name was it lamar yeah, yeah. what is lamar doing for like maybe the immediately after he has, Lance a, gets out he of has kind
1: of a silly smile on his face that slowly just fades away into a blank <laughs> horrified expression <laughs> what did i just agree to uh all right so mr whitmeyer you stopped by the store to get your ingredients for miskatonic tonic which of course are readily available was there anything else you were picking up besides that before you and andrews carry on to a lafferty's
5: hmm. I think that probably do it. I'm not a a big smoker, so although the habit is probably growing at mm-hmm. this point right. with all the extra stress and everything that we've been running into, so yeah, as we'll say, I'll I'll pick up uh, some tobacco. Some okay, uh, are you a cigarette rollies. smoker? Yeah. Okay. As
1: for gotcha. some uh, just uh, rolling tobacco. Does Andrews encourage that choice this morning, considering his bout with?
3: Yeah, because it's known to help with stomach issues. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh,
1: soothes the stomach. Good choice. All right, so to the Olafferty's Cafe, a well-trod establishment by this investigative group, or at least those who are still alive, the cook you know by name, uh, Steve Bailey. He greets you guys when you come in, and that's where you're off you know somewhere somewhat out of sight keeping an eye on him and so you see uh andrews and whitmire arrive in a car and then sometime later monroe walks up but um
4: I don't let, suppose know. we could roll a spot hidden to see if we
1: yeah let's um but i'll give i'll give you a bonus on your stealth roll though
2: okay mm, bonus number of dice one
1: uh two two yeah i was doing that that way for a while but it's Oh, yeah. Although you never can tell with that Whitmire He's pretty <clears> tricky <throat> I know a cop when I see one <laughs> Yeah uh,
0: yeah.
1: So it's a no from Monroe And Andrew's Whitmire You want to put a spot hidden out there?
3: Oh I did Oh uh, well uh, Whitmire
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yep there's Whitmire
1: uh,
5: So okay. Just rolled one uh, Go to light it and he was a cop. Uh, obvious lawman walking along. No, especially I?
4: since they've never met. This could be interesting. Yeah, no, he
5: probably no.
2: I, this is what I think it is because he's been busted and probably brought in. Yeah. He recognizes my cigar smoke.
1: We're okay. <laughs> yeah. So, in the case of the tie, where you yeah. both got an extreme, it goes to the higher skill rating. So it does mean James mm. did indeed spot you. Yeah. So, uh, like,
2: I'm like he. Might not know what I look, but there's something about the cop station. There's a cop <laughs> right. around type of.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you smell a cop. With my hair. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm. I apologize. Where Where are we right now? Like, are we inside outside? So you're. We'll say that you. This is where you're coming from outside to in. So I. Yeah. And you see Monroe walking from down the street. No, no, he was he's out somewhere watching your guys' arrival. Yeah. So you're getting like real like back at the hair type. uh, You catch the whiff of like cigar smoke that just reminds you of being at a cop station here in Boston.
2: Maybe you even have like memories of like a voice talking in like a nearby area, you know, talking about a murder case or something.
1: (laughs) And now you're scanning around, you know, looking for a person who looks out of sorts. So we're at that moment. I suppose where you realize he's about to make eye contact with you, Glover, as he's scanning around. So (laughs) I think
2: I'll I was kinda like uh, maybe sitting someplace nearby, like a coffee shop or something. I don't know what we got near here. Maybe I just on a park those
1: newsstands and all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe
2: I'm shooting the you know, talking to the like a newsie and I'm kind of sitting there reading a newspaper or standing reading a newspaper and I'm looking over the edge at Lafferty's yeah. And uh I see him looking at me and I'll just give him a wink.
1: <laughs> okay. And kinda of like a grin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you just know the look of a cop. And he uh he gave you a wink and a grin when you made eye contact with him. But anyhow, you're you're standing right next to Andrews. You guys were waving a hand to uh Monroe as he was coming down the street there in his peacock suit. But yeah, you're reasonably sure there's a cop across the street and that's never a good thing in your experience, yeah. but I'll leave it to uh, to you to you guys. Well, Andrews, you didn't notice this, of course, so you're reaching for the door, yeah, right, and heading in. I I presume. Mm-hmm. So it it's, depends if you want to do anything at all about that, Whitmire.
5: Well, I and we're we are on the up and up at this point, and uh, don't suspect that any of my illegal dealings. <laughs> should uh, should <laughs> be coming into play at this point. So I'll, I will point it out that uh, looks like our, looks like uh, you know we're still in in the sights of the, of the police though. But uh, probably while he's doing that,
2: I'll be paying or saying goodbye to the newsie, and I'll put the paper under my arm and start
1: cut across the road.
2: Yeah, looking for a, a break in the traffic or whatnot to start heading yeah. their way.
1: So, yeah, when you're telling Andrews that and he pauses to look around, uh, this person you think is a cop actually cuts across the road and is heading up on the sidewalk there. Heading up to him?
0: Yeah. To, like, greet him? Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. Hide behind a light post. (laughs) (laughs) As as they do all (laughs) non-suspicious-like.
2: Well, I
5: broke uh, eyesight with you, so you got to roll your spot again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I will tell Andrews to uh, to wait before going in. As just again, it uh, looks like we're still on the sights of the police here. As uh, you know, at least let's uh, wait to see what they want.
3: Yeah, so I'll be looking inside to see who he's talking about like if there's police sitting at a table or something yeah like there's that. what are you talking about
1: I mean you know you notice the faces of some of the regulars you've seen in here about this time uh, each morning but you don't see anybody you know to be a police inside Olafferty's okay
3: yeah what are you talking about I don't see anybody
1: Is all I do you
5: need me to roll another <laughs> spot or no no, no you, <laughs> right. you, you yeah. see him. no i'm not uh, hiding he's behind there the last standing look. behind he's basically the light coming post. right up to you guys
1: in fact if how do you not if, see him if he draws if you draw andrews' attention around or he looks around he's going to recognize detective it's, glover oh, cuz they've met before
3: that's detective glover he's here to join us he's the one who's going to be helping us with this investigation so play it cool with him he's, he's a real hard-boiled type
5: <laughs> well it's a good thing that us uh you yeah, know we're like I said, we're in a straight business here, so
3: Exactly. Exactly.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: We're in a perfectly legitimate legal business.
5: Except that this is a front for your uh was it uh opium and prostitution. <laughs> den. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to think of what what's actually illegal at this time. Yes, yeah, uh opium den yeah. in the right. uh basement. <laughs> uh,
1: at least uh I, I forged also, uh... your signature on the lease. For yeah,
2: opium and hooch,
1: <laughs> and by that stage, Mister Monroe has walked up to the group, uh, oblivious to any you know weird, any or... any any weird stuff going on. You know, I imagine greeting in the way he normally does, gentlemen. Good morning. <laughs> I trust you all had a wonderful night's sleep, and that
2: all of you have come prepared to discuss the the intricacies of this case. Nah. My wife, she keeps me up all night with her nagging. Mm-hmm. She's going on and on, and it does, it's not helping because I'm, you know, I'm currently uh, having a little bit of a vacation from the force, and so I've been driving her up the walls just being around all the time. <laughs> ah, it's a back and forth. It's a vicious cycle, Mr. Monroe. <laughs> yes, the uh, institution
4: of marriage is quite the uh, conundrum, the a catch-22 no matter how you look at it. I guess that wouldn't have been a phrase back then. Would it? <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> Yeah, well, no, not quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, quite the conundrum. I've uh, never heard of before. <laughs> you What's this hip talk you're going on about?
2: <laughs>
0: you can't
4: live well, with them, but you can't live without them. And, you can't kill them. Yeah. Well, well, you just, can, but then people like you c- tend to show up afterwards.
3: Well, gentlemen, let's not beat our gums out here. Let's go sit down. Oh, yeah. I'm oh,
2: starving. Yes. I'll uh, go around and open the door. Motion with the uh, paper for him to head on in. <laughs> with your
5: be- with motion with your belly. <laughs> I don't
2: have a
4: belly. So yeah, as we All head in, I'll, I'll kind you... of arm hook uh, the good doctor and um, start asking know. him how far he got on the on his in, his readings. Oh, you did finish the, start the journal, asking Brandon? Him
1: about soft chicken. Which reminds me, that does come with a one D two sand loss for reading Mary Weather's journal. If you want to pull that out, it's automatic. It The experience was when you finished up reading it, it just kind of brought you as close as you've been since you got right after the case with Charlie Murphy to getting back into that frame of mind, you know, where you're, you felt like if you went out, you were going to start seeing snake-shaped shadows cast by everybody, you know? Yeah. So it's just a 1D2 sand loss, but also you get some benefits from it. Wait, well, he's taking this right now? Uh, He took it last night. Oh, okay.
3: (laughs) Two sanity have been lost, never to be regained.
1: Okay. And then, let's see here. But it also adds one percentile to your Cthulhu Mythos skill, as as well as granting you a skill check in a cult. So you can tick the box by a cult, add one to Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. So the entirety of it was... You know, what's important to you is the discussion of this entity in the house Mm -hmm. and, you know, how they went about the summoning in as much as it was detailed. But it also, from that point, begins his exploration into what the djinn or what this particular thing was, which kind of led on to the markings on the inside of the sarcophagus, which kind of led on to the lost continent of Mu and his discoveries of where that might be which kind of led on into the uh, the Larkin expedition into Peru, like learning about it before it actually took off and that sort of thing. So so you're telling me that uh,
5: Meriwether and a group of others summoned a gin
1: in a house that we How know do, Is that MU? MU for the Lost Continental. I mean, there's been different names in your experience, like uh, sometimes Monroe would call it Lemuria okay, or... Uh, so you know it's yeah. Some people even conflate it with Atlantis. Oh, okay. although it's not clear that they're all the same because they're given different locations, supposed locations. But yeah, the most of his research from the course of this journal concerns trying to identify and decipher Aclo, as that what was inside or on the lid might be key to solving his problem. Which connecting it to your experience with this, these people in Peru, he ultimately never. Was able to solve prior to his death. Acklow. Acklow. Yeah. But yeah, when you guys go, and that was
3: what he said was the purpose of the expedition. Right. Yeah. What what expedition?
1: The Larkin expedition. The Larkin expedition. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the one that you was your road into the story. Yeah. You became involved at the midway point. But yeah, when you guys enter the Steve Bailey, you've come to know the owner is out there in a nice three-piece and he has, you guys have a customary booth by now, which he, you know, welcomes you all and ushers you to your booth. And it's one of those ones in the corner. You get like a nice picture window by it. You guys get settled in and a waiter comes and takes your various orders. Toast. Uh. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What kind of bread?
2: Ah, whatever you got. (laughs) Nice amount of butter and uh, coffee black. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> Wait, what are you ordering monroe this oh, is character building same
4: as always you know two sausages two eggs some hash browns and a cup of coffee
3: same
1: and for you whitmire
3: got some, any lobster uh, rolls
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, some bacon i can't stop <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh dude
2: that'd be funny if that was his frog uh <laughs> brock and he has to eat like gas station lobster, lobster rolls, rolls from now on.
1: <laughs> okay all right so the wait the waitress departs to uh go get your orders going and which leaves you guys there with what you have thus far gathered and you know there's discussion for the plan for the day which was you're still waiting on the photo mm-hmm. for the symbol which you could have checked down at a post office nothing's arrived for you yet yeah also, on the docket today from last week was to translate the Anglo Saxon tome Merwether Chronic and try to. Uh, Andrews, you wanted to do that by maybe one of your contacts you might have at Harvard. Yeah. To help with the translation. Monroe, by that same token, also wanted to look for a translator for these Egyptian hieroglyphs in Boston, either at a, a university or I think you wanted to do a university, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And maybe check out the library while we're there.
1: Right. And apart from that, you the only thing else that has been planned was lunch with Mrs. Merriweather, but that's on Wednesday the 24th. Okay. So uh, some details were hashed out between you and her. It's to be at Parker's Restaurant, which is a swanky restaurant downtown Boston. So yeah, that's where you guys were kind of at at the end of yesterday, but you now have a new uh, person in the mix in Whitmire. And you guys can take it from there, I suppose. As your food arrives, who's doing what?
3: Yeah, so I'll be uh, going to Harvard to see about getting this uh, Meriwether chronic um, translated. I don't, I don't have the time or the patience to try the translation myself. So I'm just going to see if I can find an expert, and I have some contacts at Harvard.
2: I guess I'm going to be checking some post offices around town, see if they got that photo in. I'm thinking if they don't, I might uh, take a train and put well, maybe even my car up to one of the ones in between here or there, see if I can intercept it, get it to us early. I feel like that's kind of a crucial piece uh, for you guys' investigation, and I'd like to see it myself.
3: <laughs> Monroe, are you going to keep looking for the De Vermis mysterious?
4: Uh I was going to uh look at that but I was also going to try and stop by the university and see if they could help me in translating these Egyptian hieroglyphics. they these ones don't seem to be in any of my reference material so uh, I need to seek elsewhere. I picked up a few books on my way this morning but uh, I don't know if they'll help us on our way so I figure seeking out an expert's the best course of action. Do you ever take a breath? <laughs> I try not to. Breathing is such a horrid habit. Mm, I see. <laughs> Besides, every moment that I'm not speaking is a moment wasted. Mm.
1: With that new reference book, it'll afford you another crack with your archaeology skill or Egyptian hieroglyphics to maybe crack the uh the code in this All right. what you might call it. You should be careful. I had
2: an uncle that died that way. <laughs>
1: Well, I do it as a public
4: service because any moment that I'm not speaking is a moment that the world is denied my uh, my insights and my understanding.
2: Of course, I completely understand. It's uh, just don't make a motto of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, once again,
4: Fug, push it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll push it.
1: All right, so let's see. What's your justification? The basis for this test is that you had a new book.
2: Book was obviously a flimflam <laughs> uh, book. Leads them in the wrong direction.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. How about that? Uh, it, every time I try and use this book as a reference, if I can't do it, then it will give me a, a
2: penalty. A or penalty.
1: something. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good.
2: Why isn't lemon scented water working on the
1: <laughs> gin? <clears throat> All right. All right. So, yeah, you think, you know, you find something. You, you didn't have much hope when you were first flipping through the pages of the book. But, you know, as conversation has kind of died out and you're just finishing up your meal you know, you're kind of looking through it in in one hand and drinking your tea, what's it? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. And uh, you see a symbol that you're like, oh, like you you see the mistake you were making yesterday. So now it's a matter of time. So uh, now you're kind of like just at the, where you have to get into the grunt work. You know, the the, the thing's been unlocked. Now it's a matter of putting <laughs> into place, which of course you can't really shortcut the the yeah. amount of time that will take. But let me...
4: I might be able to with an expert to help me. (laughs) me So, yeah, why don't
1: you roll a 1d4 for me?
2: Let me tell you, gentlemen, there's nothing more spooky at night than the sound of angry knitting. (laughs) (laughs) Three.
1: So, you're thinking, given the hieroglyphs, the amount of carvings that are on the box, which isn't a lot, but that it's Old Kingdom, Egyptian, which is a little bit more complicated, you think it with three days' solid work, you'll be able to have it fully deciphered.
4: All night. And oh, Sorry. Do I think with a, an actual Egyptologist uh, assisting me, I could cut that down?
1: Yeah, you could probably have it. Okay.
4: So, yeah, I'll I'll kind of exclaim <laughs> while I'm looking through the book, I see where I was having troubles with. This is an older dialect of, of Egyptian than I had been previously looking at. So I think I can have this done in a day or two. And perhaps with... Uh, the assistant of someone at the college who can have it by tomorrow, maybe? Finally, the first clue on our <laughs> on our journey.
1: Uh, so, as far as going to a university, are you going to uh, team up with Andrews then and head down to Harvard? Yeah. And check out their Widner library there? Yeah. Okay. But that leaves Whitmire with uh, idle time, Mm-mm. idle hands, uh, do the
5: devil's work. When I was reading these handouts, there was a, a book that we were needed to find, right? Yeah, the Dave Vermus Mysterious. And there were two copies. Uh, one that was at a... If I'm remembering the right readout as I'm trying to go through and find it. as I thought there were two copies. One that was on display in like a museum and one in a personal collection, possibly. Yeah,
1: so what they... What was left by the letter of Rupert Merriweather, because it was written before the disappearance of the miskatonic's copy of De Vermis Mysteris, was that they had one, but when they went to meet with Dr. Henry Armitage, which is the uh, curator of, that, of the library there, he said it was stolen, so they didn't have one. But he said he thought the Widner Library might have one, but he's not sure on that. You know, they just have the world's largest collection of books. But he was more sure that a antiquarian by the name of Tobias Heckley in New York would have or does have a copy.
0: Hmm.
2: That might coincide with me potentially heading out that way for seeing yeah. if I could intercept the photo. Yeah, and of that's course,
5: you know what I want to check out. I want to go check out his basically go check out his house and uh, see if there might be some options to gain some entry to it. Oh, Tobias Heckley's house. OK, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you do know your crew. Uh, currently, you moved them out of Boston last year, and you've been getting a foothold in New York, so you have some contacts there as well.
5: Yeah, so I'll
1: I'll uh, I'll say
5: that that uh, I'll go take a look into the uh, go look in or go see if I can take a look into the um, the days. Uh, I can't remember what... The Dave
2: Vermis Mysterious. You De
1: can Vermis also mysterious. say The Book of the Worm, which is its English translation.
2: I'll tell you what, Whitmire, why don't we head out together? Uh, perhaps uh, perhaps we can just uh, use the color law to get on past the door. You just yes. got to swing by some post offices for me.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> huh? This uh, wouldn't be the first time that I've uh, played nice with the, the uh, police and... I mean, I did have informants, so I, I don't see why I would really have a problem with it.
2: Oh, yeah? You'll have to tell so, me all yeah. about it on the ride over.
5: Yes. Oh, no, that was like inner dialogue, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I can you're read you like well, an open book. You're going to be my new informant, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, yeah this is, uh, that sounds good. So I can definitely, definitely uh, use some company on the ride up. I'm glad I'm not in that car, that <laughs>
1: Awkward ride. This is where Whitmire shines, though, because there's a parallel with the early episodes of last season where he was paired up at dinner at the Hermetic Order, the Silver Twilight, with Logan Terry. Mm-hmm. You know, so just he just naturally falls in with the cops. He also was
2: paired <laughs> up a lot with uh Stanton.
5: Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> was, All right, so
1: which is weird as hell for a uh, what was supposed <laughs> to be an emerging crime boss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you guys leave Olafferty's and head in your separate directions. Detective Glover and Mr. Whitmire to the train station to catch a train up to New York, which is about three hours from Boston, by train. And Dr. Andrews and Mr. Monroe to the Widner Library, which you are well familiar with, not only from last season's investigation, but because Dr. Andrews also went to school there, Mm -hmm. I believe. I'm not sure if Monroe did, but you've been in there on occasion. Yeah, I, I have their copy of the Libra Ivana. <laughs> right. It's in your safe possession. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned last episode that you were going to take a look at some of your old notes uh, because you had uh, markings of Acklo mm-hmm. given to you by Mr. Rupert Merriweather. You had the rubbings that you took from, from the... Pyramid, and also you had the notes that you took from the dream state being mm, within yeah. the lair where they had these strange symbols on devices that they appear to be like ACLO to you. So you've been keeping kind of track of this, hoping to find that moment when you can maybe start to put something together because you do have a few definitions you think to go along with some of the symbols you've seen, particularly. From the ones in the serpent folks' lair, and uh, so if you want to add the aclo skill at one percent, or no, sorry, three percent to your character sheet, uh, languages aclo, and then roll that for me. Aclo at three.
2: Oh, oh! You could almost buy that
1: off. I could buy it
4: off, but uh, I'm not going to.
1: So the the symbols remain <laughs> in. Penetrable. It seems like there's more than uh, uh, twenty three. Is that how many letters we have? Twenty six. Twenty six. There we go. Twenty six repeating characters. <laughs> you, know, it, you think it might have uh, more to do with like a different language family, right? Okay. Where, <clears throat> where they construct their language differently. So it's going to need it, either a bolt of inspiration or more samples of aclo to crack through it. But Uh, We'll stick with you, too, as you make your way to Widener. You're well familiar with its main uh, study hall where you send off librarians to fetch books from amongst the stacks. Uh, Those areas are generally closed except to Harvard staff, although you guys have on occasion smoothed your way back in there. But Mm -hmm. currently you're starting a new Now we're going to see if you have a contact here that can help you in your particular problem, Dr. Andrews. So you could make a hard education role for me or the same for your language English to find somebody who you're familiar with that would be well-versed in, uh, you know, ancient England, Middle Ages England. There's the hard education role. Yeah. So you know a professor, you took his course one year by the name of Quentin Alexander. Uh, It was on early writings or early British writings, right? Is Mm -hmm. what, what it was on, you know, and with that came a bunch of history around it. And that's where you had learned that, you know, you kind of have this idea that if you speak English, then you understand English no matter where you pop up in history. But, It made sense to you that he said that wouldn't be the case, right? Like, even if you read Shakespeare, you're still kind of lacking a little bit. You know, it takes some understanding to really get the most out of Shakespeare. And this would be even older by, I think, like 600 years than Shakespeare. So this is almost an entirely different language. Like I said, it's about one every five or one out of every ten words Mm -hmm. you would recognize as modern English. So you think he would be the guy... That might be able to uh, help you in the translation. That was Quentin Alexander.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So he that he would be going to a different part of the college. I think the liberal arts buildings is where you you would head off to. Okay. Whereas you would likely remain in the library, Monroe. Um, yeah.
4: Also trying to find an Egyptologist that might be able to help me. Um, I would have probably copied the hieroglyphs from around the. The right. sarcophagus and...
1: Look well, back. you can make the same. Uh, it would be an extreme education success or hard archaeology to have established a contact in the archaeology department here. Hmm. Let's see. Education. Yeah,
4: it'd be hard archaeology.
1: Nope. Okay, so you'll have to contact one, you know, just seek a meeting uh, with one yeah. formally.
4: Yeah, I'll- Try and set that up through the librarian if I can.
1: Okay. Yeah, so um, Dr. Andrews, you head off to where you kind of remember his offices uh, to be, and you ask there in that building if that's still the case, and another professor who you caught in the hallway there says, oh, yeah, I think he's in his office now. Okay. So that was uh, Professor Alexander. Uh, You go and tap at his door, which was open just a little bit, and he says, you hear an old... You know, frail voice, come in.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'll go in and I'll uh, take a look around and see if he recognizes me.
1: Yeah, he kind of looks up. You know, he's got the fringes of white at the sides of his head, but bald on top. And he has kind of like some jowls from age, not necessarily from fat, just, you know, time pulling down on the skin. It kind of jiggles when he looks over at you. But he's squinting and he puts on his glasses to uh, to better see who you are. But go and give me a credit rating or appearance, or I guess I do that. Keep forgetting, credit rating or appearance, which is higher for you?
3: My and credit rating is higher.
1: What's the value on it?
3: It is ninety.
1: Holy smokes! <laughs> he's a doctor. One <laughs> percent. Eat the rich. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, so it doesn't seem that he recognizes you at first, but he takes in, you know, your clothes. Uh, like, you don't, you're not really somebody who displays their wealth, but you just can't help in the cuts and the materials that you wear on your person of not giving that off to some degree. Hold on just a sec here. So, yeah, he's, um, he's like, oh, what can I do for you, sir? Are you in the right, are you in the right place?
3: Uh, yes, professor. I'm not sure if you remember me, but I took a, I took your course for a semester a few years back while I was here studying. I'm Wallace Andrews. Andrews,
1: Andrews. Dr. (laughs) Wallace. Ah, yes, nearly failed my course if I remember. Uh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, am I mistaken?
3: You're thinking of, um, a different... (laughs) Andrews, <laughs> Walter Andrews There are a lot uh, of Andrews, yeah,
1: that is no. true But surely I have your paper here I'm Yeah, gonna... <laughs> he's kept it what, What's the title of uh, <laughs> College student Andrews's paper in, in ancient uh, British literature <laughs> 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 Blah, blah, blah
3: <laughs> If you know one word, you know them all <laughs>
2: Uh, the folly of allowing English to create a language
1: <laughs> that is not him. right. Well, in any case, nearly failed is not failed. So, uh, yes. please have a seat. What uh, it's been quite a few years, Mr. Andrews.
3: Uh, yes, and uh, as it turns out, and I'll pull that book out. Um, I've come across this and, uh, I needed it translated. And while I'm certain that I could do so, the amount of time and effort it would take just made me remember you. And I wanted to bring it to you and see what you thought about this. So yeah. I can only recognize maybe one out of 10 <laughs> words in here. <laughs> and, uh, I'd always assume that if you know, if you dropped me in any era in which English was spoken, I'd be able to understand. Now
1: that is a mistake that many people make. <laughs> language changes just as we change. Yeah. But let me see what you have there. Good God, this is an incredible find. Where did you come across such a book? You see, the outside of the church, not much was written down. This is very rare. And I'm very disappointed that you were just carrying it in that satchel of yours. I <laughs> <laughs> thought I taught you better than this.
3: My apologies, Professor, but it was... Um, what, what's, it, what's it called? It, I inherited it, and uh, in, uh, a friend passed away and left it to me in his will. And uh, it was obviously very important to him, and so as a way of strengthening that connection... I'd like to know what it says.
1: Yeah, so he carefully opens the book, which books in this time period are kind of, they have like a harder, like a firmer back and front cover, and then you have like a leather um, thread that's kind of looping the two covers together and whatnot. Mm. And um, so he very carefully opens it and looks at the dates, and he's like, oh, 880, that is truly amazing. Well, let's see here. It's quite a lengthy tome, tome. It would take me quite a while to translate it in full, but um, here it says, This is the Chronicle of Merwitter, priest of the Catholic Church, member of, and then in Latin he writes, Ignatus Discipulus. Um, my Latin's a little rusty. Do you know that one, Doctor?
3: Uh, let me roll my Latin, Professor. <laughs> Just wait.
1: <laughs> yes, that means... Uh, unknown disciple,
3: unknown disciple,
1: or disciples. Uh, in any case, he he continues by which admission I brand myself a heretic, by my word alone, beneath the word, and that is uh, the the Greek logos. So I assume they're meaning Christ and his unknown disciple. Again, I maintain that this chronicle is the truth from the moment of my induction by the priests Nodens in the holy city have I pledged my life to seek and root out the true enemy of mankind. Uh, Proper pronoun, an enemy there. Lo, the terrible faceless God who seeks to undo the word, that's the Logos again, is coming like a star on the shore. Let us few who stand against endure in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And from there it goes on to the rest, the journal entries, I assume, or a chronicle, I, I would expect. It's how they were most often written in that time period. Mm. Um uh, who who gave this to you? Or you said a will, it was willed to you, you inherited it.
3: Uh yes. Um from an old family friend um by the name of R- Rupert Merriweather.
1: Merriweather? Mm-hmm. Now that's interesting, because that very well could be a corruption of Merwitter over the years. Oh. You know, names... That's very interesting. If you're a, a Mac Allen uh, S- Scottish person, it might be corrupted to Allen uh, over time. If your family migrated to the Americas or something, that's what... These things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assuming, I'm assuming you're wanting me to translate this entire thing for you. <laughs> Which uh, he seems excited at the prospect.
3: Uh, yes, I would that would be very helpful i'd I'd appreciate that a great deal i could even pay you if you need offer to
2: also pay for any uh psychiatric <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yes uh, uh just uh, not much i wouldn't think more than uh two dollars a day would would be necessary but it would take weeks i would expect course you could check in from time to time and see what i've uh, is there any particular thing i'm i'm looking for um
3: yeah what was the connection to the rest of it
1: you're not sure other than that it was physically in the the gold uh fringed sarcophagus
3: yeah which was related to a djinn
2: right potentially evil spirits yeah demons devils
1: yes well in this time period they will unlikely would have referenced jinn at this location i i think maybe like the greek daemon is mm-hmm. very like a jinn uh not necessarily good or bad but that's kind of the forces that interfere with humanity well i'll keep my eye open
3: for it but um de vermis Mysterious
1: give me a luck roll Oh, wrong person! <laughs>
3: well, I passed my luck roll last session, yeah. out, didn't I? nobody thanked he me was for it. Talking
1: that. trash, Come Brandon.
4: Up. Thank you very thank you, much. Brandon. Yes, now succeed again.
3: Oh, so close! <laughs> I'll use five luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the old <laughs> perpetual motion device <laughs> uh, doesn't ring a bell
3: well no, that's what I'm saying as as oh, you res- yeah as you're translating just you know stuff about demons or gin or de vermis mysterious um, that sort of thing of course piques my interest the most because he was a uh he was an eccentric fellow and I find all that sort of thing interesting but otherwise I would just need a full translation
1: well I will get to work as time allows if you can leave. Where I might contact you, I'll let you know if I come across anything interesting. And he takes that information from you, and we'll jump over to Monroe, who is trying to find himself an Egyptologist.
4: Yep. And while I'm waiting for that, then you know, waiting for to get any kind of response on whether or not they have team uh, meeting availability for today. See if I can get into like the restricted section. Okay. Not to, uh,
1: <laughs> well, well, I guess we'll start first. you. Already don't have a contact, so you're going to mm-hmm. officially set up a meeting. We'll start there. Yeah. Um, so let's get your appearance or <laughs> <laughs> credit rating. I'll roll it for you. Just tell me the higher
4: um, values. Let's see.
2: Appearance is a 35. So higher than your credit?
4: Yeah, it's 27.
2: Man dirt poor really swimming outside your social circles there (laughs) yeah why
4: do you think i hand out so many flyers (laughs) why do you think you hang out with the doctor (laughs) why do you think i was always begging drinks off stanton Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
1: yeah so they um this woman and librarian ends up her name she introduces herself as caitlin fisher and you ask you could meet with anybody in the Egyptology department or archaeology. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just notices your suit first off and maybe doesn't notice what you ask initially. And she's like, I think you might be the only person in the world who could pull off that color. Congratulations! It actually does work well with your complexion. Exactly. Well, thank you. I, I
4: have I have prided myself on my style and and aplomb.
1: It matches his purple and pink plot, splotchy skin, whatever. I don't know. But, but I'm sorry. What did you ask again?
4: Oh. um, Yes, I've been, I have been asked to translate some Egyptian hieroglyphics to see if uh, a piece that I have recently come across is authentic or not, and I would like to reach out with the Egyptology department in order to try and see if I can get a, a translation of the hieroglyphs that I've uh, scribed down.
1: Well, I can definitely send off a note there. Um, I'm not sure if you'll get help from a professor, but perhaps some undergrad would be happy to come down.
4: Any assistance that I can get would be most helpful. I, I seem to have hit a, a bit of a brick wall myself. I have some of it translated, but I'm afraid I can't okay. quite complete it yet.
1: Uh, so give me a luck roll. See if anybody's available right now.
2: I just like the idea that Justin's per- no. particular purple colored suit <laughs> is like the yeah, color, like was it outside a space yeah. or whatever the can, so
1: heck right. can't quite describe <laughs> it.
4: I lost my uh, last character... Icon, so I uploaded a new one. I don't know if you guys can see it, but
1: oh, on the on your rolls, I think I have, must have mine nah, turned off
4: down along the bottom. Oh I, yeah, I changed have
1: it. mine turned off. Um, okay, so basically, you're not going to get one right at this moment, but uh, you can roll. Do a one d three for me. Okay. Uh, liking
4: those threes, apparently.
1: Okay, so basically. Over the course of the rest of the research you're doing, you get a note back um, from a student by the name of Vaughn who who says they'd be happy to help, but not until Monday when they're free of their duties. Now, so, so that's today's Saturday, Saturday. right? Saturday. Yeah.
4: Okay. Um. Yeah, I can have it pretty much translated by myself
1: by then. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take the appointment. Okay. Um. Always make a new a new contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was Courtney Vaughn.
4: Courtney Vaughn?
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, no, no caps lock. So you you were going to try to also get in to the stacks yourself.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, so, yeah, one, once... You know, I I get the message back from the librarian saying that it'll be three days before I can uh, get anyone to say, "Well, if you don't mind, uh, I would really appreciate having a little bit of access to some of the the books that may be used in order to help with this translation." I understand that there's some really useful source material in your restricted section.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, uh, she's like, (laughs) uh, she's like, well, unless you're. You know, a professor or or some other member of the staff. We don't allow, you know, civilians, regular people in there. But, of course, you may do a social role. At this instant, you're really limited to, by your approach, I would say, charm is your best bet you.
4: All right. I upgraded it last time. So here we go. Oh, Mm. it's still on hard. Um, It's a 27 normally. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, still quite a ways away.
1: Okay, so you could potentially push if you wanted to by um, basically burning all the good will that you've created so far. You, can, you you realize that you're starting to tread on that border between you might become a pest to this person instead of... Like the yeah. idea
2: that his voice takes on a certain edge that <laughs> she picks up on. Yeah. Like it goes from being lighthearted, maybe a little bit uh, overly talkative, to there's something like desperate or dangerous (laughs) there and you can (laughs) just underlying yeah
1: shift the skill if you want to like you could go into persuade you could be like oh well i understand let me give you a list of books you could like just start listing a bunch of stuff but in between all you would need you can really start kind of working her over that would give you enough time to yeah to push by persuade but it would still be a push
4: yeah i'll do uh persuade um and Kind of do it in a way where, you know, if I can't do it today, then maybe uh, see if she can get authorization for tomorrow or some other time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we'll do that. Persuade. That was a horrible failure. (laughs) So, yeah, I I absolutely
1: fail on that.
2: You're sounding a little too desperate or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she says, you know, I'm really am busy and the rules are the rules. So I'm afraid... I can bring you your top selection from this rather extensive list. And then we'll go from there. And she, she's gotten cold on you now.
2: She's heard stories of a <laughs> of a slight German professor that yeah, accosted they, one I of her other.
1: Was Patrick was the last librarian that you yeah. guys. He, <laughs> he yeah. was like, hey, if you ever see a dude with an old man, the dude's wearing a really crazy suit. <laughs> Just don't.
4: But yeah, I'll... You know, I, w- I won't. You know, force my hand. I'll, I'll accept whatever help she's willing to give, yeah. And, and yeah, take the the first book, which but happens to be the mi-
1: mysterious, <laughs> <laughs> mysterious. I mean, you Dave can Vermis put mysterious. that if you'd be like, oh, well, it'll be this one, but then we'll have to go back to luck and see if you luck out. So,
4: um, yeah, I'll actually try that. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll have that as like my my the choice. I say, well, out of all the books that I've request this is the one that I've heard may have what I have what I okay. would like the most um come on scroll there we go I'm getting some lag or something with it mm. oh mm.
1: <laughs> well you're getting a lot of fails out of the way you know All right, so- I mean
2: Whitmire get back from New York we can try this again <laughs> Yeah. flash a
1: badge <laughs> so uh basically you've kind of hit the limit here on what you can do. However, you can still do the good work of translating yourself. And if you spend until they close on a Saturday, they really only open till like six. If you spend until then doing the translation, that will count as one of the days required.
4: Yeah. I'll do that. So that she sees that I'm actually working working on something and, and then, uh, yeah, I'm actually looking
1: for it. Improve your opinion.
4: Yeah. (laughs) That I'm not just here to try and, Scam my way into an area where i
2: man the way you're rolling though your hair is going to get crazy or you're going to be covered in yeah. dirt and grime clawing at books oh it's not going to be pretty if you don't change this around
4: but yeah um, she she'll probably obviously say you know I, i'm afraid i can't allow you access to that or something right
1: yeah Well, um, she, uh, the book she just she says i'm not sure if that's in our collection right positive and she comes back maybe after an hour of working and she's like i don't I don't think we have any book by that title.
4: Okay. Um, yeah, then I'll give her the next title <laughs> right. on my list. and
1: This is why
2: Johan
4: and, just turned to assault. Know, I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll continue
4: my kind of charm offensive by thanking her <laughs> right. profusely for any help that she gives me and so on and so forth. It doesn't work, Maduro. Silence so is uh, always <laughs> the answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I
4: saw what happened to Johan when...
1: You're not gonna make any breaks until you get kicked out of the damn library. I <laughs>
2: say always hiding the so best books behind lock and
0: key.
1: Alright, so by the end of that session of translation, you think that uh, you might be looking at like a a poem or maybe a lyric or something like that. But it begins with the words seeker of wisdom, and then it says servant, although the translation's not clear. That also could be son of And you're not sure, because you don't know about how this comes from Egyptian. You're not even sure of the term, except it's kind of like Set or Seth. But anyhow, servant or son of Yog setheth But you can make a Cthulhu Mythos roll off of that.
4: Cthulhu Mythos. What are you up to these days? Eleven. Nice. And roll it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm just hitting 90s left (laughs) and right here.
1: At least you're not fumbling, though.
4: I'm getting pretty dang close on some <laughs> of these. You watch your mouth, Travis. All <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, let's, uh, let's pause with the Boston crew and head over to the New York train crew. So you have about a three-hour ride, Detective Glover and Mr. Whitmire. How does that go?
2: Well, first, I think before we take off, I'll check around, see if I can find where that package might be currently okay. and tell them to just hold it.
1: All right. So yeah, you, as far as you know, it hasn't even been marked out, Uh, like nothing's been sent off from New York, right? Ah. Like there's no no uh, sent or anything okay. like that, so...
2: Excellent. Just hold the package. I'll be there, pick it up sometime, what, this evening? Maybe tomorrow morning? Yeah, you'll I don't probably know.
1: be there. I, if you guys left in the morning, you'll be there by uh, early afternoon.
2: Ah, that's even better, early afternoon. So yeah, that'd be the first thing I do okay. before we actually take off.
1: Any preparation before you board that train, Whitmire? Um...
5: Well, yeah, I'll, dynamite. I'll, I'll <laughs> uh, Always dynamite. I'll, I'll make sure that I have uh I thought I had like a little handgun. Just give me a second.
1: Yeah, you have a couple. You have uh Saucedo's, uh 1911 and then you I think you have a 32 I thought or yeah, something. 32 yeah, 32 revolver. 38?
5: 38 30 38 works yeah. too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll um I think that's probably easier to conceal. So Yeah. As I'll make sure that I've I've got that Set in case there's any any issues. And, uh, yeah, some various, yeah you know, like, uh, lockpicks, right? Tobacco, things like that. Was, Just a uh, normal kit. Some walk in cash. You never know what you're going to run into as, uh, Logan Terry's police badge. You know, those hmm. things.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, you guys board the train, you buy your tickets. Well, you can travel separately on the train or, Try to get to know one another. It's up to you, too, like, how you wish to do it.
2: I got no problem traveling with Whitmire.
1: Okay. Yeah, he you might not want to be a seen a with feel me. Feel for
5: these guys, or for this guy. You know, as uh, uh, Logan Terry was kind of uh, kind of a shaky acquaintance, and uh, yeah. I I don't know if if uh, Glover, you, uh, what are you? You're a detective.
1: Homicide. Yeah.
5: All right, yeah, as I don't know if Glover's going to be the same way.
1: Well, nice. you can both give me a psychology role. This is on, you know, like one another, you know, trying to see if you get like an accurate read of the person, see below what they're saying. Oh, I don't
5: know if that's going to be good because I keep missing this other box that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: right. If you want to change the yeah. role behavior, just let me know. I
5: think you can. No, you're good. You is go I, it's, uh, I just got to move it to a new spot. Uh, so that way it pops right. up. Because I'm like, I hit it, and it's like, all right, waiting. It's like, is it working? I hit it again. <laughs> but I didn't all right.
1: get it. So for the deck or Glover's part, you're pretty sure you got him pegged for the kind of person he is. You a know? little bit too shifty, <laughs> yeah. even though he's pretty good at yeah. hiding it probably. But you don't necessarily take him for a murderer, at least not the kind who goes out of his way yeah. to murder. He's definitely a, a hard case, right? Yeah. You can see that in his face.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm uh, not going in with the assumption that any of these guys are murderers. Right. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, but that's what you and he the way he speaks is like that's at a layer that doesn't really reveal any of that by words. You're just kind of getting he just has some mannerisms that you've seen people who've been pinched before have, you know, that mm-hmm. are used to doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're dealing with cops, so you kind of see all that. But for Whitmire's part, uh, the detective is is kind of unscrutable to you. You have a a dislike just because he's police and you guys are at odds all the time. However, he's he has like a ni- like a nice kind of disarming look about his face, right? You know, it kind of reminds you of being in church as a boy.
2: That could be what he dislikes: is that right? It's uh. <laughs> Like this guy is kind of a little too nice, a little, and, yeah. and it could be he's encountered people like that, that it's right. a, it's a play. It's a, you know, Yeah. it's a front,
1: <laughs> but you can't, uh, you know, you don't feel like you have it pegged one way or the other yeah. for your part, just for future role-playing purposes. It could be as he presents or there could be a deeper, deeper level. Yeah.
2: So I think, uh, I'll sit down in the seat across from him. If these are like those type of train cars, where,
1: or you can pay a, a bit extra for like a room, like your own closed off area. But
2: I'll leave that up to Whitmire if he wants to do that. I'm not too. Uh, I'm I, I'm going to peg myself as fairly frugal, right? Yeah. But I'll just sit down wherever and.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd say for both of you, you're probably just in the equivalent of coach. Yeah. Start reading the, the paper. From each other.
2: And so most of that read will come from the occasional like looking over the paper at him. Yeah. Probably Mad Dog and me. <laughs> right. <laughs>
5: well no I', I planned on uh, trying to strike up conversation as as far as like you know, how you how long have you been in in the you know on the force and all that right Just try and, and lean more into the small amount of time I've had as a pi to try and uh, uh, find some like common ground. Mm-hmm, but right. uh at the same time as i i also don't know if i'm walking into another ambush like uh what happened with logan terry yeah, uh what a few months ago
2: yeah when i see that he's wanting to make conversation instead of just kind of uh you know close me out or whatever i'll fold up the newspaper and uh start you know answering his questions get
1: on with the small talk yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know Detectives and police officers in general have a uh, ambivalent relationship with PIs, you know, Mm. private detectives. Yeah, they're always mucking up a scene. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but you know, occasionally you've made breaks based off of information that somebody where they hired a PI and something they gathered helped in your case. So it's it's kind of like sending children out to do. (laughs) So uh, So
5: what I was hoping uh, to lean on more is is more, I guess, the manipulative uh style right is like uh you know we, i just got into this business and you know i don't i don't want to muck it up for for you guys right so like uh w- you know what is what are some of the things that you know the mistakes that you've seen them do in the past or like you know more of a um i'm trying to think of the word for it as i can but more of someone who's just uh you know more like a someone who's I guess admiring. I don't know if yeah, that's the you're right taking, word. You're,
1: yeah, you're taking like a beginner's mentality, right?
5: Yeah, but I mean, it's it's all BS, is the yeah. other part, right? Like I, I don't, I could care less what what he actually <laughs> thinks, but it's more just uh, trying to to win him over type thing. Gotcha. Do I got to
2: read on that though?
1: Well, uh, you're. I mean, just from your initial interactions, you've taken everything a layer down right okay so what he's saying isn't necessarily what he's thinking all right so uh
2: yeah i'll kind of do some of the small talk stuff you know like ah you know, never really run with one of your hunches i understand that that's kind of the appeal of being a detective is being able to just go out there and you know think you got someone pegged but you never really know till there's evidence uh don't muck up a crime scene and then after i kind of go through some like basic stuff like that i'll kind of you know whitmire you're gonna choke if you just don't spit it out so what exactly are you driving at, boy, or son? <laughs>
5: it's does, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so when he if he comes on uh, blunt, uh, so w- what do you got planned up here in New York? Does, I told
2: you. I'm going to go pick up a picture, and I'm going to go stop by this, uh, this uh, collective with you, see if we can kind of muscle our way in, see if we can get our hands on the book. Then we're going to head back did. to Boston.
5: I'm trying to remember the name. I don't think I have it in my bio anymore, um, or my notes anymore. I can't see my journal from last last time either. But who was the uh, who was the uh, crime boss that I'd gotten in bad with?
1: Patrick Malone.
5: Yeah. As uh, I'll ask, is uh, does that name ring a bell?
2: <laughs> I'm a I'm a was it probably a thirty year <laughs> right Yeah. I'm a thirty year. Uh, veteran of the police force, most of that's been on homicide, Whitmire. Of course, the name rings a bell.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and within the last year, you've kind of been seeing a month-over-month month increase in gangland-related homicides, you know. He's
2: been slipping bodies like fish through a net. <laughs> Alright? If I could get anything on him, I'd pinch him as soon as I could. So, what's it to you?
5: As, uh, what, what, what could I roll to see if he's being honest
1: well you already rolled your psychology or, i mean i guess you could, could of i course, push now you could of course attempt to push uh if you have justification for going to a different skill that we might hear that could be a possibility mm-hmm. nothing's popping into my head so for would, would uh yeah,
2: if not for the, a different skill would the if he failed the push would it be i didn't think he's a murderer but now i'm suspicious well what
1: when it comes to these sort of interpersonal roles against each other, I I, uh, I don't want to force you guys to behave a particular way. You wouldn't way be with forcing Rita, me to their... <laughs> but, but the way that they say to do it is uh, to just give the, the winning opponent, I suppose. So in the case of a failed mm. push, you would have won. Basically, I give you a penalty die that you can, whenever you want, just drop on the player. <laughs> mm. I almost nice. don't like
2: that as much as just be, it's like suspicious of him
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you're uh-huh. already suspicious of him. You know, I mean, if you want to just keep it to role playing, we don't have to do that. If you just, if he fails to push and it makes you angry, then you can re- react like,
2: see how he plays it. Yeah. All right. You yeah. can react however you want. Yeah. Cause like, it's one of those where it's like kind of funny where like, I would consider like the, uh, handing out a penalty die to be,
1: well, it's a, yeah. it's an optional thing and it's, yeah. Because they don't want to have a situation where the High Persuade character is telling all the other PCs what to do because yeah. the dice said so. Well,
2: that's one of those where like, people don't really understand like Persuade right. and yeah. Charm and stuff like that. If you don't like someone, it doesn't matter how charming yeah. they are.
1: Now, the yeah. first layer is roleplay it, right? Which mm-hmm. I think we can do, yeah. which is what all we'll right. leave it a failed push. But if we needed an additional one, then you, we can do the penalty die. But if you don't want to do it, then we won't. So. All So right.
2: Yeah. All right. So go for it, John. Uh, what would... Would All right, I be countering so, again, or is he just
5: pushing his? No, he's just okay. he's just, pushed yeah, it, just tried pushing. Yeah, just again. But uh, he, I, I guess I'm just going to come out pretty bluntly then, because I can't get a read on you. Is uh, is are, are you on his payroll? Is are you on his payroll like Terry was? <laughs> do so I think that ter-
1: would be the the thing, the accusation of being crooked could be a good way of what about really um, pissing you off? Do you know? I
2: think Terry's crooked from um, what I know of him? Would you want a psychology role on that? Or? It
1: would be an extreme psychology Ooh. to get your thoughts on, on Terry.
2: Nope.
1: Well, he's got an edge, but a lot of cops have an edge. Because mm-hmm. there's a there's a practical concern to doing police work that doesn't always match up with the letter of the law. So you know, but that doesn't mean he's dirty and it doesn't mean you're dirty, mm-hmm. like uh like Whitmire just said. So
2: Yeah, I think I'll uh kind of put my newspaper down and take my cigar out of my mouth and I'll kind of I am real good not in a like intimidating way because like I don't think I exude intimidation at all for the most part it's but uh I kind of I am real good and uh I guess I'll say like I've never taken a shent <laughs> under the table <laughs> from any of you two bit crooks <laughs> ever <laughs> <laughs> on my grandmother's grave I would die before I ever turn crooked and I suggest that you be real careful with <laughs> Maya, with how you uh, approach police officers with those type of accusations. Because while I'm perfectly fine, calm, and level-headed, <laughs> I've known some guys that would just bust you up right now for that.
5: <laughs> as didn't didn't mean any offense by it. as uh, ah, as none much take as it. as much as I <laughs> as I can with a question like that, but. Uh, yeah, the, the last time I took a ride with an officer, or with the, uh, yeah, with, with, uh, the police, it, it, it didn't end all too well for me.
2: Well, then you'll be perfectly fine to know that I'm on a little vacation, and I'm technically not a member of the uh, Boston Police Force currently.
5: That was all, uh, yeah, it was a good, good to know, good to know. I was uh, going to start uh, nervously rolling a cigarette. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, that's sort of an understanding between two men on opposite sides of the track. As they say, you kind of know where the other one stands, at least in part. But soon enough, your train pulls into New York, uh, Grand Central Station there. and uh, I was kind of hoping he'd ask me what I'm uh, on <laughs> vacation for. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to talk not... to his guys and find that out Yeah, probably, <laughs> if I know Whitmire. Um, but yeah, there you are in New York Uh you, you get out of the mass of people coming in on the train station and into the busiest city in the world. Uh, it has more car type traffic than than even Boston, so it's got that music hum, and rhythm yeah. to it. And uh, yeah, so you're let loose. And a little backstory for for Whitmire here. As I said, you've been setting your crew up in Harlem, and or sorry, in New York. And part of what has got you that foothold is you and your crew saw the writing on the wall when it came to Harlem in particular because of late it's become kind of a hot spot for music and arts. And uh, so gin joints and speakeasies have been popping up here and there. And that's where you've kind of come in and saw a bit of a boom in your business. So um, okay, that's kind of where you've been working at because you're not stepping on anybody's toes yet. And there's a lot of toes to step on i mean there's parts of harlem you're not going into because you still have like the italian mob to worry about but uh it's all this the the basically the the real estate market priced out um or it got too like low low rent for the people that were living there So big jewish community so now you have a lot of people fleeing like uh, uh jim crow south and whatnot uh picking up these low-rent buildings and, mm-hmm. and opening businesses. So it's a pretty hefty black uh, population at this time um, in Harlem, and that's where your angle is at. You get the booze in those gin joints, you keep everybody real loose, and everybody has a good time because all sorts of people come to Harlem at night and uh, and mix in these joints. Good music, good booze, good right. dancing. Yeah, Sounds like and a fun time. If I remember that, uh, I can't.
5: I don't know where it's at in these handouts. I can't seem to find it. But uh, he owns a bookshop in Harlem, right?
1: Yeah, dog ears. Yeah. So I think your plan was okay. to work your contacts and see if you could find out where this guy's home address is. Yeah,
5: that was going to be the the uh, go to. There is work the work the contacts. Um, yeah, get an idea of, of where he actually lives. Yeah, you know, does he uh, does he seem to keep anything worthwhile in the store? that we can find out, right? Cuz I'm not sure where he actually keeps it. Um but uh I don't imagine that he would keep uh, collections in uh in his shop. Although I'm also not very uh well versed on book crimes. So I guess that's something else right. that I can I can try and <laughs> dig into as well. Book crimes. I like computer <laughs> crimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, so you, we can use your stand-in skill for your, uh, which is stealth, for your, your shady business. So you can roll that out to, to see if any of your crew, can give you that information. Um, can I give him successful. the.
2: Do I know enough of uh, New York to give like a place, maybe like a cop bar or something, or something adjacent to a cop bar, close enough?
1: <laughs> yeah, you could do law. Okay. Your law skill. Let's see. Uh,
0: hmm.
1: I mean, you'll probably know it when you see it, but none of the—you're certain you heard one in the past, but you know, maybe when you pick up this right. drawing or picture, you can just ask or something like that.
2: Maybe uh, I'll defer to Whitmire before, because I'll—I'm gonna head over to the station. You do what you need to do, Whitmire. Uh, don't go to the collector's house without me. I'll help you out there. Uh and meet me. You got a spot? I, there's a couple, but they're all escaping my memory. It's not what it used to be.
5: <laughs> um, can I, what can I navigate right? to see what I have around here? I mean, I, I'd imagine I have because my residence is in New York. My right, my normal yeah. residence as well. So well, you've mean,
1: been living off and on there for about a year now. So uh, yeah, you know a, a bunch of different places you could point them to if. He's looking for what he asked for originally, which was, like, a place that the cops hang out a lot. Mm. Uh, That's, okay. uh,
2: like, a, just a... I, I was saying, is there a spot that I might know of,
5: like a cop bar? Because a cop right. bar would be
2: a place that I would go, but it could be any, like a bar, someplace yeah. for me.
5: So, if you'll accept that, uh, Navigate is all... I will actually point him to a couple places that... Uh, that i think would be good for him to go as having spotted him as a as a cop right away right it's like (laughs) no that's just keep you out of trouble basically i I think
2: we're still confusing what i was asking (laughs) i was asking for a cop bar because it'd be a place that i would probably have frequented Mm -hmm. while here i'm not asking Uh, for an actual cop but you're Uh,
1: you're asking whitmire for any any bar that would be good to, for you to be at, right? No,
2: for us to meet back oh, up okay, with. Gotcha. Right? So, like, I, I thought gotcha. it would be funny if I went to a cop bar and told him to meet me there. But go to that place. barring that I don't know enough of the locations here, I would just be saying, is there a place yeah. we're going to meet before we head off to this collector's house?
5: Okay. So Anything I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just Sorry about uh, that. <laughs> do a restaurant. I'll pick a restaurant or something, like a diner. Okay. That's, uh, mm. I'd say, somewhere. Where I don't have, uh, where I haven't, I'm not well known, right? It is that way they don't, people don't see me hanging out with So the I, th- I feel
1: like for New York, we need the, uh, we need a, a, like an ethnic named restaurant, but we should do Italian. What's the name of our Italian New York restaurant that we meet at? Luigi's. Luigi's.
5: Oh, I was going to say Gino's. Gino's, that'll work. Yeah, I Gino's was going right. to say Dino's.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Okay, so yeah, we'll go with uh, Geno's. there. You you say, yeah, you can go there. You know it because you've also, although you're not currently doing it, you have made drops for them in the past, you know. Um, But they shaped up because they got stung a little bit in the early days of when the prohibition went into effect and now they don't deal in any booze anymore. But you know it to be fairly reputable and a a good place for you to go for sure. Um, Okay, so... Let's um, stick with Detective Glover as he heads over to the department to pick up this photograph or this drawing of the symbol that was carved into the corpse of Marion Allen's forehead back in 1877. Um, I did want to note real quick that with your past Extreme se- extreme Success Stealth ro- role, within the next few hours, Whitmire, you you get the address of Dog Ears, which is on Lennox Avenue in Harlem, and they say that this Tobias Heckley guy, this comes from your crew, you know, you just kind of touch bases with him, and they say he actually lives in the apartment above bookstores down below. So that's what you're looking at, boss.
5: Okay. As, uh, I'll thank him and uh, head over to... Uh, I'll head over to the to uh, Geno's and uh, just get some, some coffee and uh, a pastry hmm. Yes, if they have
1: <laughs> Alright, so Detective Glover You walk into the Precinct you contacted to get mm. this uh, Drawing or photograph, whatever it was And uh, You walk up to the front desk there
2: Hi, I'm uh, Detective Jack Glover I'm here to meet an acquaintance of mine And I'll give the name of the guy I, The contact I had spoken to Right, the, yeah uh,
1: Andrew, or what was it? Oh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, Glover, we got a package here for you. Excellent. And they, um, it's just wrapped up in parchment and they pass it off to you, bound up in twine. All right.
2: You have yourself a good old day and I'll head over to Gino's. Okay. And, uh, I'll wait to open. Well, no, I'm a detective. I'll take a peek.
0: Yeah.
1: So you slide it out and this is a drawing. I mean, it was 1877, it's possible. They had a photograph then, but unlikely. So it looked like the sketch artist for the police department of that time drew the symbol, mm. and let me share it with you.
2: I'll turn it like... <laughs> to way in that? Yeah. yeah, trying to figure out which way it goes.
1: Yeah, because you were, you know, like Andrews, Dr. Andrews, it said symbols often mean a lot, so when you are looking at it, and it doesn't illuminate anything any further, I mean, if you had to describe it to another fella, you'd say maybe it's like the impression a lamprey's mouth would make, or something like that, but
2: it doesn't know. ring a bell in your head. It sort of looks wanna, like a flower to me.
1: You want to roll your Cthulhu mythos, which I don't think you have any in.
2: Nah, I don't, because I'm Shane and rational.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, you're basically just left with another question when yeah, you pull okay. that out. And, I'll, I'll uh, kind
2: of, like, to the cabbie, I'll be like, does
1: remind you of anything, bud? <laughs> nah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too.
1: <laughs> so what, why don't you give us the last Expression on uh, Glover's face as he's taking the cab over to Gino's and we'll close out the session for
2: today. Yeah, I think he'll put it back in the envelope and he'll just kind of be like a, like maybe like a concerned, uh, conf- like slight confusion. Slight concern, cl- slight confusion. Just kind of shaking his head, looking out the window at New York, blowing <laughs> a big plume of cigar smoke out the window. You know, like, what have I gotten my shelf into?
1: All right, guys. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it. <laughs> that flew by. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, catch you idea. next time. Sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you guys' interactions there on the train. That was pretty, pretty funny yeah. to
0: me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening.